0: From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA.
1: In the 60s, you know, they tried to do leaflets and pamphlets. They tried to uh, capitalize on uh, the race riots of the late 60s and saying, see, this is the America, this is the America we should all not
0: like. Russian meddling in U.S. affairs, how it's changed to where it is now.
1: Well, now they don't have to come here. They did this from Moscow or, you know, one of the former Soviet uh, republics. And they can get into your house. They can talk to you on your iPhone. They can kind of manipulate the kinds of things that you believe to start undermining our institutions.
0: And in an absolutely spellbinding interview, Mike Rogers, former House Intelligence Committee chairman, tells us... They're going
1: to continue to do this in 2018 because it was so wildly successful.
0: Coming up... On this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. DC is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Encryption successful. America has a target on its back, and on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Since our last podcast, two major developments have taken place in the special counsel's Russia probe. On February 16th, 13 Russians were indicted on charges of violating U.S. criminal laws in order to interfere with U.S. elections and political processes. That same day, The special counsel's office announced that Richard Pinedo pled guilty on February 12th to identity fraud. He ran a scheme that helped his customers use dummy bank accounts to bypass security of online companies like PayPal. And those people that he helped were linked to those 13 Russians. Then on February 20th, the special counsel announced that lawyer Alex van had pled guilty to making false statements to the special counsel's office. All of this is taking place as tension in Washington is so thick you can see it in the actions and statements, not just of politicians and intelligence officials, but ordinary citizens. And one of those areas of interest is the widening gap between members of Congress when it comes to the Russia investigation. So on this program, we talk with Mike Rogers, former House Intelligence Committee chair, which has been the center of a lot of the political drama lately. Chairman Rogers, um, in addition to being former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and um, you also are a former FBI agent. And I, I know that you've watched this scenario with great interest play out over the last few weeks regarding a memo from your former committee, from one of your former colleagues, uh, at least being him being one of the chief architects of the uh, Hipsy Memo. Uh, I'm very interested to hear what you think think was at play with the development of that memo?
1: Well, I don't know. And I have to tell you, it's very, very discouraging. My my Democrat partner, when I was chairman and he was ranking member, worked very, very hard to try to avoid this very sharp edged partisanship in the national security space. And, and, and for a host of reasons, one of which is this now growing, uh, I think, Political, or at least attempted political slapdown of the FBI and DOJ, the kind of general condemning of and using really strong words like corruption and crooked and all of those kinds of things, you know, challenging them that they're not following the Constitution. All of those are serious. All of those, if they have serious allegations, should be investigated, but not in memos that don't certainly tell the whole story. And now you have these battling of the memos. The Republicans have their memo that they've declassified on what they think went wrong with the application for a FISA warrant uh, against Carter Page. And now the Democrats are probably going to get their version as well. And what happens with this political gunfight on these memos is there's going to be a victim, and that victim is likely to be the truth. And that's what's so disturbing to me.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned this political gunfight because I had a conversation with Leon Panetti about this very thing. And he talked about the fact that he believes because of the the vitriol and because of the disrespect that's being floated back and forth between members of Congress and has trickled down throughout other elements of the U.S. government, and it certainly is evident in the U.S. population, all you have to do is look at social media he believes U.S. national security and the nation is going to suffer a major crisis unless somebody recapacitates very soon. Thoughts?
1: Well, I do. And let me tell you the, immediate, the consequences I don't think. They're a little less tangible on at least going after the FBI in the way they did. And I'm not defending that the FBI does everything right. They're always 100 percent right. They don't make mistakes. I think they do. That's why you have oversight. You should find the individuals that have done uh, not handled themselves appropriately and take corrective action. That's not really what you're seeing happen here. They're throwing out um, you know this memo kind of condemning the whole organization. and what happens is is what exactly we saw happen in Russia last week. one of their you know famous talk show hosts uh, very well received across Russia was saying, can you believe it? The secret services of the United States were attempting to undermine and overthrow the president of the United States. And that's going to be their narrative. And that narrative isn't meant for us in the United States. It's meant For people who are CIA and FBI are trying to convince that they should help us by giving information about what the Russian military is doing or what what the Russian intelligence service is doing or what the Russian nuclear program is doing. And they're trying to create this aura that you can't trust them. Are you going to trust them with your life and basically commit an act of treason against Russia for these people who are undermining democracy in America? And that's a dangerous thing. It festers. And it gave that narrative To the Russians. And that's what I worry about. So in the near term, I see that impact. Uh, And certainly in the long term, what's going to happen is the premier oversight committees of the intelligence community in the House and the Senate are not going to get the kind of information and cooperation that they should get moving forward. Because what intelligence agencies will do is say, man, that place is a snake pit. It is poisonous, I think, as one member described it. And so we need to be careful about what we give them, lest it show up on the front page of the Washington Post. So they won't lie to them. They won't purposely not comply with what they ask them to give them. But they'll go into the game of a hundred questions. Meaning, I, you only ask three questions, I'll give you three answers. I'm not going to put it in context of the other hundred and nine or hundred ninety-seven questions. That part, I think, could go away. And when that happens, that's when intelligence services, I believe, bump into something bad, and it looks and it, it, it compounds and gets worse without the appropriate classified oversight, where you can find, rectify, and guide. Uh, the intelligence community is sometimes a better decision.
0: Very clearly um, and, and and succinctly stated there, this may be a, a crisis that we don't see out in the public that starts at least in in a way we don't see in the public, but it could manifest much later on when some specific information that's necessary. Uh, to gather from abroad, there are folks that won't trust us because of this this narrative that the Russians have created based on what we have said and have set up in this country in our own political gunfight, as you mentioned, uh, and it could come back to bite us that way. Mike Hayden, former CIA director, I also spoke with him the other day, and he mentioned we've done a lot of this to ourselves. He called it by our own gerrymandering of... Everything, And he's not talking, not talking about political districts. He's talking about the way in which we in this country have handled um, this matter uh, specifically. And he warns as well, uh, the Russians are at it right now. And he said they're fully involved already trying to meddle with 2018. Thoughts on that?
1: Oh, completely. And, you know, this is the oddest thing. We have known that the Russians try to meddle in elections, try to cause chaos. They would love for Americans to doubt their own institutions. That's all part of their information operation campaign, which has been going on since the 60s. They've done it in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, 90s and 2000s. What's different is in the 60s, you know, they tried to do leaflets and pamphlets. They tried to uh, capitalize on uh, the race riots of the late '60s and saying, "See, this is the America. This is the America we should all not like." Trying to undermine both ourselves and Americans getting to believe in themselves, and to their own purposes, weaken American institutions. Now, it was it wasn't well done at the time. They didn't. They weren't all that great at it. They had some successes, some not. But as they entered this age of of social media think about it, before they'd have to have a spy come to the United States, try to bribe a reporter for a favorable story, or try to bribe a politician to create trouble in their own uh, their own uh, political party, or create a political party that was designed solely just to throw bombs, uh, you know, f- from their perspective on, on political happenings in, in the United States and other places. Um, and so they had some success, and that wasn't great, uh, and it's awful risky because you have... Uh, Russian agents operating in the United States—you know—we can the FBI can catch those kind of guys. So it was risky, but they did it. Well, now they don't have to come here. They did this from Moscow or you know one of the old former Soviet uh, republics, and they can get into your house. They can talk to you on your iPhone. They can kind of manipulate the kinds of things that you believe to start undermining our institutions. And so they're going to continue to do this in 2018 because it was so wildly successful. You know, whatever Russian uh decided to come up with this plan in 2016 That guy's probably an 18-star general by now. It is so wildly successful because their design is to sow chaos, and this notion it was all for Trump or all for Hill all of that's bunk. They just want to create confusion, chaos, and lack of confidence in our institutions. It is hard to argue at a time when we just decided in America we don't like each other for some crazy reason that uh, that they weren't successful. And, of course, they're going to try it again in 2018. We, we're all focused on the memos about who is the worst guy in the room. They're focused on how can they can continue separating Americans, getting us not to believe in ourselves, and not believing in institutions like the FBI, the Department of Justice, our CIA.
0: Former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers has been talking to us about How Russia has seized the nation's animosity with itself and amplified it, just as former CIA director Mike Hayden told us on our previous episode. And when we come back after a short break, Mike Rogers will tell us how Moscow is going to interfere in the 2018 elections.
1: They're going to capitalize on America's new affirmation news, meaning I believe in x so i'm going to go watch this news channel or i'm going to read this newspaper because it affirms exactly how i believe and think right they know that and they're going to try to use those things against us
0: that's coming up when we continue on target usa the national security podcast i'm jj green And this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Before the break, Mike Rogers, former House Intelligence Committee chairman and former FBI agent, was talking about how wildly successful Russia's attempt to meddle or interfere in the U.S. elections had been. And now we continue with how he believes they're going to do it again in 2018. Chairman Rogers, what do you think will be there approach to doing this taking this 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 interference or meddling campaign to the next level uh, or certainly to the the 2018 midterm level because they clearly recognize that we know that they're doing it now so they're not going to necessarily do it all the same way we know last time uh, and since then they've employed trolls heavily how do you think they're going to try it this time
1: I think they're going to do the same thing, and I'll tell you why. I don't. Yes, we know it's like a good football play. We know it might happen during the game, uh, but when they use it, it and it's successful, you know, we all went, "Damn, we should have saw that coming." I think it's the same thing. They're going to use these trolls because they're highly effective, and it's really hard to get in front of them from a government holistic approach. Meaning, I, they're very, very good about tracking your uses. So, think about this: we have commercial companies in the United States that track the what kinds of sites that you go to. I'm interested in, you know, shoes, or I'm interested in buying a car, or I am interested in, you know, a new uh, tool for my toolkit. And you go on and research that. uh, Ad companies are compiling that information, and the next thing you know, you're going to read the newspaper online, and, and an ad comes up for any one of those products. Well, the Russians have figured out they can do the same thing with you on your political beliefs and your leanings. We saw some really interesting trends in the election where they were going to radical African American groups and then radical white supremacist groups and trying to pit them against each other because they wanted a big kind of public scene of whites versus blacks in America again because they know that's really corrosive to a free and independent country if we decide that again we don't like each other the way we because of the way we look and so they're gonna I think they're gonna continue to do it because it's really hard to do it and so they're gonna track these kind of people your political beliefs. They're going to capitalize on America's new affirmation news, meaning I believe in X, so I'm going to go watch this news channel or I'm going to read this newspaper because it affirms exactly how I believe and think. Right? They know that, and they're going to try to use those things against us. They're going to propagate stories. They're going to highlight stories that might not be all that significant, but they'll look significant before it's done. And um, they're going to continue to troll uh, social media in a way where they're continuing to stir the pot uh, on these issues uh, and that's why I you know really really concerned about this. you know there's some good private work where they found that Russian trolls kept promoting this hey release the memo and it's not because they're for Donald Trump they're for the undermining of our institutions. so they believed it was in their interest the Russians interest for for this memo to get out so that they could use it in the commentary, which we talked about earlier, which was, hey, let me know that American secret services are trying to undermine the presidency of the United States. And so highly successful, no real government
0: plan to push back on it.
1: uh, And here we go again. It's 2018, and they're going to try to interfere in elections exactly that way.
0: We're talking with uh, Mike Rogers, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and a former FBI agent. uh, And uh, he identifies himself as a freelancer, but. A heck of a freelancer, if you ask me, considering all the things that he's told us so far. Mr. Chairman, um, one of the things you talk about was how the trolls leverage American tendencies when it comes to politics, and we have gone into this affirmation uh, media cycle. Um, One of the things that's very clear to me when I look at some of that private work you're talking about that tracks trolls is that there are a number of news people and organizations out there that are tremendously, wildly popular at tweeting and saying things that get the attention of these trolls, and it's driving their Twitter numbers through the roof and their follower numbers through the roof. Some of these people seem to be excited by the fact that they've got a lot of people following them, but in reality, many of them are bots. Many of them are trolls. So how do you get the message to these people that listen You're not doing yourself or anybody any good by doing this.
1: Yeah, no, this is the biggest question. I think we're going to have to try to figure out a coordinated way to get in front of this. And I'm uh, part of a working group with the German Marshall Fund that is looking exactly at this issue. What does Russian interference look like? Uh, what are they trying to accomplish? How are they trying to accomplish it? and then what are some remedies and so we 're right in the middle of that process uh, and we hope to have some great recommendations coming out and it 's a pretty high powered group of folks who are really focused on this issue and i i'm again this it 's hard to do, but we also need to start doing our own personal stop, you know, stop, look and listen kind of campaigns where people, if it is exactly what you want to hear, maybe there's not not some truth in it or maybe it's not exactly accurate. Um, and that's where we're going to have to get at it in the short term. In the long term, we're going to have to have a coordinated government policy on how to out these operations, how to inter, uh, use our our uh, cyber offensive capabilities to interfere with their bot programs uh, for doing exactly what you suggested, they're they're re- reproducing these things. They're using them to try to agitate certain populations in America, and we, we're going to have to use our capabilities as a U.S. government to try to intercept and disrupt those kind of activities. We're not there yet because we haven't gotten a policy yet, and how dangerous this can be. I, I just can I can I share one story with you? Here? Absolutely. <laughs> the, when the Germans went, uh, they deployed with NATO into Lithuania, because if you recall a couple years ago, the Russians were moving troops along the Baltic states, uh, and they were uh, ramping up their rhetoric about how they were going to go in and save Russian-speaking people in the Baltics, Lithuania, uh, Latvia, uh, Estonia, that area. Well, part of a NATO deployment to counter that was we're going to move troops and do some operations in the Baltics. Well, the Germans went into Lithuania. This was fascinating to me that uh, very shortly after they got there, there was a huge social media campaign targeted toward Lithuanians talking about the Germans who had raped, these German soldiers who came on Lithuanian soil, raped a 14-year-old Lithuanian girl, right? Outrage, absolute outrage. Come to find out it actually never happened. And what the Russians knew is the old historic sensitivities of that uh, would get people enraged. And so, My argument is – and it took a long time to finally clear that up – imagine that's exactly what's happening here in the United States. So this is why I say – We need to be really aggressive about trying to find ways to disrupt these operations before they undergo in the United States because we're so big and so diverse that it's pretty easy to slide in and target one group and pit them against another group without the general population kind of being aware of it. So that's why I think the government has to be part of the solution and us as individuals also have to be a part of the solution.
0: That's an absolutely amazing story, and it's so, so... Absolutely true about Russian tactics, based on what I know, is that truth means nothing to them. And remember, "Doveryai no proveryai" was what President Reagan told uh, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev with "trust but verify." Right. That seems to be something that we as Americans now need to hear again when it comes to stuff out there in the media. Not the least of which we're hearing the president has trashed the FBI and DOJ on a couple of occasions. How do you suppose that's impacting, just a couple more things, how do you suppose that's impacting FBI agents that are out there working?
1: Well, it's, I know a lot of them. Uh, used to, I had the great privilege and honor to carry that badge and those credentials and do the work of the United States as an FBI agent. So I know it bugs them. I know it bothers them. I know it's in some way stressful. Uh, and they're the ones that will say it's the intangible impacts of this that we need to be watchful for, uh, that, you know, you start spreading this notion that FBI agents are not credible, they're not uh, honest, they're not – they don't have – and, you know, to take that oath of fidelity, bravery, integrity for an FBI agent means a lot to them personally. And so, as I said, somebody can go bad, but that constant wearing down of when I open up those credentials out on the street somewhere – in a bad and tough place, it those credentials need to mean something and if they tarnish them and mean that it means it doesn't mean quite what it used to be, we're all going to pay a price for that in the end.
0: Yeah. So, um very last uh thing here, um I want to ask you uh specifically have as you look as you look ahead here, as you look at the situation we're facing here, I know at one point in time you were considered um for the for the for the trump administration and i I don't want to suggest that you did but i'm assuming you perhaps had a conversation with the the now the now president but if you had a chance to engage with him now what would you tell him about all of this
1: uh i would tell him a couple things one uh he you know the only time he is not shooting himself in the foot is when he's reloading the gun Uh, He needs to stop uh, the twittering uh, to the point where he is being pejorative towards individuals. He needs to stop worrying about the Russia investigation and just stop talking about it. You know, there's always the possibility that Mueller comes out and says, through all of this, we found some people doing some things wrong, but we didn't find that the president uh, acted inappropriately in any of it. That is certainly a possibility. We don't know that. Uh, There certainly have some optics problems, but the more he talks about it, the more he keeps bringing it to the public's attention, I think the worse credibility he gets. And there are some important things that he can do and has done, candidly, even in the national security space. So spend your time talking about the good things, how we can make America a better place. Stop attacking individuals pejoratively. And quite frankly, Mr. President, put down that Twitter machine and don't pick it up for at least six months.
0: Wow. Anything you want to add, Chairman, that I haven't asked you about that you think is important?
1: I think we've covered it. Thank you, my friend.
0: Pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thanks, JJ. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time.
0: Former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers with vivid insight into Moscow's tactics and what we're likely to see as we move closer to the 2018 midterm elections. And coming up on our next episode. Uh, mr putin who
1: has spent his entire professional career as a public servant is one of the wealthiest individuals in the world if not the wealthiest individual in the world
0: senator ben cardin with some insight into what drives vladimir putin Uh, he's gotten his
1: uh, wealth through corruption corruption is how he can fuel his the tools that he has to disrupt democratic states
0: and why destroying american institutions are his main target and why the 2018 midterms are next on his list. He's going to be very engaged because he needs to fuel his system and that is corruption. That's coming up on our next episode. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen@wtop.com. At That's the letter j, the color green at whiskey tango oscar papa. Jay Green at WTOP.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to
1: host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new the Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know
0: you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their
1: blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce
0: you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast1.com, and the Podcast One app. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.